Epilogue. We are back. Back in our mini-series. This is our last week of Epilogue, talking about the last days. So, if you weren't here the last couple weeks, I'm just going to refresh your memory. So, the first week we talked about the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, we looked at how Daniel, uh, God showed Daniel very specifically the date when Jesus would come. And he also spoke to him about the last days, what that would look like. Uh, so cool. Daniel, the book of Daniel is so interesting. And then last week we looked at Matthew and Luke, Luke, and we looked at how Jesus talked about the last days. So we saw that there was a lot of, a lot of uh, overlap between the two. So um, there's, uh, they both talk about this abomination in the holy place. They both talk about as we get closer to the end, there's going to be more troubles and more tribulations. Um, and a bunch of other things. I'm not going to go into it all, but you can look back on those messages. But um, So I just wanted to ask you and open it up and say, what has there been anything that stood out to you over the last couple of weeks? Anything that's maybe jumped out to you in a new way or um, anything on your mind about this, these last couple messages? Come on, it's got to be something. Yeah, Jean? Just overall from your messages, I'm feeling more of a need to pray to God for the grace to persevere in the faith should we actually be faced with mm -hmm. persecution. Yeah, yeah, for those on Zoom, Jean just said uh, the need to pray for kind of persistence and the mercy from God as we experience persecution or if we will experience persecution. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, Wayne. I'm struck with how accurate the uh, prophetic words were, even mm -hmm. to getting the numbers right, right. that kind of precision. Right. Wayne said he's struck by how accurately the prophetic words are in the in the Bible. Very cool. Right up to the year. Um, God created math. He's <laughs> he knows how all this stuff works. <laughs> Yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's been really interesting looking into this. So today we're going to continue on in Matthew 25. And we're going to look at right after Jesus talks about the last days, he gives three short parables about how we should live. So I like to call this the application section of Jesus's sermon. He gives three parables about how we should respond in light of the last days. So, this is just my little Venn diagram here. Um, we're not going to focus on all of these today. We're going we're gonna to look at the parable of the bags of gold. But I just want to give you a sense of, of this passage, or these passages. So, in the parable of the ten virgins, um, the essential thrust of this is to keep watch and be prepared for Christ's coming. In this parable... Jesus basically telling us to, to keep watch and to be prepared for Christ's coming. Um, that's just a very general <laughs> explanation of that. And for the parable of the sheep and the goats, this is a really interesting one. And essentially, at the, at the last days when Christ comes and judges, uh, he separates people based on how they served those in need. So he says, uh, the sheep go over on this side and the goats on this side. 
The sheep, you are the ones who fed me when I was hungry. You are the ones who clothed me when I was thirsty, or clothed me when I was thirsty. No, that's not right. <laughs> You're the ones who, who uh, gave me a drink when I was thirsty. And they say, Where, when did we do that to you, Lord? And he said, Whenever you, whatever you did to the least of these, uh, you did unto me. So very interesting parable. Uh, it just puts into perspective how important it is to, to share with those in need when we're suffering, when one of us, uh, one of our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ is suffering, uh, we should be motivated to love. And yeah, that's a really interesting one. I'd love to do a message on that one. But today we're going to look at the parable of the bags of gold or the parable of the talents. So if you want to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 25, verse 14 to 30. And let's just pray before we read this. Father, we ask that you would show us what you want us to see this morning. Lord, your word is, is powerful. Your word is amazing, Lord, so powerful. And Jesus, your name is above every name. We just worship you and glorify you, Lord. I want to bring all praise and honor to you, Jesus. So, Lord, as we come into your word and listen to your word, we ask that you would speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, we ask that these words would be implanted in us and that your word would flow through us. Holy Spirit, challenge us. Holy Spirit, show us you, what you want us to see this morning. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, again, I'm going to read this passage. Jesus says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey. He's talking about the kingdom of God. He says, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, which... To, in today's terms, that would essentially be about $3 million. So it's a lot. <laughs> he gave five bags of gold to another two bags of gold and to another one bag. And so that one bag would be around $600,000. So it's a lot. Um, so then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Notice that he says, after a long time. So the early church believed Jesus was coming very soon. And it's really interesting that in actually two of these parables, Jesus alludes to the fact that he's going to be gone for a long time. It's a very subtle thing to pick up on, but, but notice that it's really interesting. So the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Uh, Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. 
You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Who? that is heavy. Is there anything that stood out to you as we read this passage? It doesn't feel quite fair. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. The one who has lots, he's going to get more. Yeah, what's that all about? Anything else? Yeah, Ryan? I was thinking about Job, where, where he says, does he not see my ways? Does he not count my steps? Mm -hmm. And certainly the one that only has one bag, what's the ways? Yeah. He Right. Yeah, God saw, saw his, his ways and his steps, even the man who had one bag. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I find this to be a little bit of a challenging passage. It kind of strikes me a little bit, maybe makes me a little bit uneasy. Um, but I, so I want to share a little bit about this passage and what I, what I feel like Jesus is teaching here, what I think he's teaching. So I think it's pretty clear as we place this parable in the, in the context of Jesus's teachings of the last days, I think it's pretty clear that Jesus is the master in this parable. Do you guys agree with that? Do you think that's a fair reading? And I think it's fair to say that the, the, his servants are Jesus's disciples, so us. There we go. That's us. That's me on the right there. That's <laughs> this is us. And so, um, and it seems the obvious things about this parable is that Jesus gives all of us some bag of gold that we are called to grow. Now, the big question is, what is this bag of gold? What is this talent that he's given us? That's the big question. Now, I'm just going to come out and say my view, and then I will explain why I believe this. I believe that the gold is God's word planted in us. I believe that the, the gold is God's word planted in us. So I'll explain why I believe that. Firstly, I, don't, I also don't believe that gold, the gold is referencing material wealth and finances. I've I've heard people interpret this and say, yeah, well, this is, this is a sign that we should invest our money well and, and grow our money because so, God has blessed us with that money. I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about here. Um, I, Jesus didn't seem to care too much about our, the, the size of our bank account. Um, 
but I, I think he's talking about God's word being planted in us. So the reason I believe this is in Matthew 13, Jesus tells this parable of the parable of the sower. So in this parable, a man goes out and he sows seed. And some of it falls on the path, some, some of it falls on good soil, some of it falls on the rocks. You guys remember that parable? So Jesus explains this parable after. And he says, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the, the message or the word, the logos, about the kingdom of God and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown among the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word, the logos, and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root and they last, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the, wor the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. I, that challenges me every time I read it, doesn't it? That is our culture. The word of God is planted in us, but the, the deceitfulness of wealth, the, the worries of this life, our eyes are often not fixed on God's word. They're fixed on distractions. So that, that really jumps out to me every time I read it. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word, understands it, and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Do you see the, the increase, the producing of a crop, the being given one thing and it keeps increasing more and more? It's similar, similar to the parable of the bags of gold. But the interesting thing is, after this parable, the disciples ask him, Jesus, why do you speak in parables? And he says to them, because knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them, to other people. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have in abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. Does that sound familiar? That's word for word what he says in the parable of the bags of gold. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be, given, will be taken from them. And what he's talking about here is knowledge of God's kingdom. Knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. So, that may sound a little bit cryptic. It may sound like, oh, God's got all these secrets, and I can just, like, tell me your secrets, God. Uh, but... But what I believe this, this insight into God's kingdom is, it's when God shows us his word in a new way that we understand it and perceive it in a way that's true and in a way that calls us into obedience. So knowledge of God's secrets, I'm not talking about knowing the Bible really well or ha having a PhD in theology or um, just... Yeah, knowing, knowing the scriptures intellectually. I'm not talking about that. Um, I'm talking about when you read something in scripture and all of a sudden your spirit starts stirring and, and the word of God is being planted in your heart. And you're saying, what's happening here? Why, why have I not seen this before? I've read this verse a hundred times and all, all of a sudden now I'm seeing this verse in a new way. 
I believe that is insight into God's kingdom. That is the secret of, in God's kingdom, that he's revealing it to you. Anyone ever read the Bible, you read a passage and it just doesn't click? It just kind of goes over your head? No one? I guess I'm just... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, okay, thanks, Lori. <laughs> Anyone read over a passage many times and all of a sudden you read it one time and it's like, what? where did this come from? I, I've been reading this verse so many times and now I fully get it. I just get it now. Has that happened to anyone? Yes, yes, all of us. So I think that's God's word working in you. God plants his word in us. And God will open our eyes at times to different truths of his word, different secrets of his kingdom as he opens our spiritual eyes. I hope that makes sense. I'll give you lots of examples at the end. So just to clarify this. So one, one example is actually from my own life. I grew up knowing that about the idea of fasting. I knew fasting was an important thing. I knew in my brain, I read lots of scriptures about it. I knew Jesus said we should fast, all this kind of stuff. And then one day, like far into my Christian journey, I read a verse about fasting and thought, why am I not fasting? I haven't fasted my whole life. Like, why am I not understanding the significance of this? And that one time I read it, I saw, and God, I believe God revealed the importance of fasting to me in a new way. So in a way, he kind of let me in on one of his kingdom secrets. Do you kind of see where, where I'm getting at here? So, the, one of the things I think to help us understand this I think sometimes we think of the Bible like a textbook or like a rule book. We think about it as a text that was written by God long ago, and we just have to try really hard to do what it says. Like, it says to do this, so I'm just going to try really hard, and then eventually God's going to make me a better person. But the Word of God is not... The Word of God is alive. It's active. It lives in us, and it produces fruit, because God's Word is alive. It's not something that was just written a long time ago. It, it, when it's in us, it can produce fruit in our life. So uh, let's go to some examples, because I think these may be helpful to, to help us understand this. This dynamic of, of God giving us a bag of gold, giving us this insight into his kingdom, and we have to take that and make it grow. So let's, let's go into some examples. So my first example, you're reading the Bible and you read Proverbs 19, verse 17, which says, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. So imagine you're reading that. And as you're reading this, you feel, all of a sudden you just feel this really strong desire to be generous. You feel like you've read this passage before, but now you're like, Lord, I really believe this. I really think you're going to, if I'm generous to the poor, you're going to reward me for that. And this, the Spirit stirs the Word of God in your heart, and it prompts you to, to, to feel that feeling, to have, receive that insight into God's kingdom. So at this point, you have two options. You can say, 
okay, I'm going to act on this. I'm going to go and give to the poor. I know a friend who's in need. I'm going to go give to them. Or you can bury it. You can bury that treasure. Or you can be distracted and say, well, I'll, I'm going to try to do that later, but I got a couple other things I have to do in life. And uh, Those are the two paths. You can choose the path of obedience to God's living word, or you can choose the path of burying that treasure. Does that make sense? Another example. Let's do another one. Uh, as you're praying, you all of a sudden feel the words... So you're just sitting in prayer and you feel the words shoulder pain come into your mind and you're like what who said that shoulder pain that's weird and then you you just keep praying and then the word the name jeff pops into your mind and you're like what chances are if you <laughs> if you're in prayer and god puts these things on your mind um, he's probably giving you a word of prophecy a word of knowledge and that is the word of god in you that is god's spirit working in you and he wants to produce fruit in your life so if that happens to you and you if you're if you're new to prophecy you can be gracious with yourself but if that happens to you and you decide yeah i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna call my friend jeff and i'm gonna say do you have shoulder pain and see what happens and if you, if you step out in faith and act in faith, God will likely bring about fruit. He will likely bring about healing for that person because it's his word that's working through you. The other option is to go down this path and to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to risk. And again, if you're new to prophecy, you can be gracious with yourself. Um, but as the Lord speaks to us, we have to be obedient. Uh, there's so much joy when we when we respond to a word of knowledge in obedience and it comes to pass that's the most exciting thing in the world so exciting so i was just actually just talking to a pastor the other day who said there was one sunday he was preaching and he all of a sudden while he was in the middle of his sermon he just the name came to his mind and god said i want to heal this person to him and he he kind of was like in the middle of his sermon he had to stop for a second and be like really <laughs> lord you really are is that you or is that just my mind or and you always they always do this wrestle game like you wrestle in your mind uh but he said no i'm going to trust you lord so he's he stopped the service and just said he reached out to the guy he knew his name and said i think god wants to heal you right now so they gathered around this guy and they anointed him with oil and god healed him god healed him because this pastor was responding to the word of god by obeying so cool it is so cool doesn't that make obedience sound fun <laughs> it's not a chore obeying god's word is not a chore it brings joy it brings fruit it brings excitement